Well, hello. Welcome to episode 15 of Pegasus Radio. In today's episode, are you sat on the fence? Do you know it's possibly time to move on from where you are, but you've got various questions, concerns about when the timing is right to make that move? If that's you, this episode is for you. So please do listen in. Let's dive in. Okay, so are you, like many individuals I speak to, sat on the fence, unable to make a decision? What I mean by that is you are sat in an organisation that you you certainly have frustrations, concerns, or certainly just fundamentally recognise that you will not be there, let's say, in the next somewhere in the next two to five years, you will, you will move on from that organisation. So if, he's, if that's you, then this episode is definitely for you. And I will, I'll talk through, I guess, the main objections people have in their head that they raise with me about why they shouldn't dust off that CV and make a move now. And my response to each one of those. So the first is the state of the economy and job security. Now, yes, I get that certainly in the UK... And for that matter, probably other locations globally, but certainly, let's concentrate in the UK, where I spend most of my time, I guess, recruiting. We're, we've obviously got some political turbulence. We're about to get a new Tory PM. It looks likely, assuming his rhetoric is correct. Who knows with that man? <laughs> if his rhetoric is correct, um, he will push for a Brexit, potentially a hard Brexit. So yes, of course, that does that does obviously raise some concerns for the construction industry. You know, I was, uh, I was always a... Uh, a fierce remainer. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of amusingly sat on the fence a bit more, given the title of this episode, <laughs> about what what the outcome will be. All I can say at the moment, from a recruitment standpoint, and hence a great barometer of market confidence, is that I'm as busy as a, as I've ever been. Certainly, all of my clients, both in London and up and down the country, are very busy. They are incredibly confident about the pipeline. We have some excellent. From a from a employability standpoint, some excellent fundamentals. I.e., we need to build more homes. We need to keep on improving infrastructure, both physical infrastructure, rail, roads, etc., but also social infrastructure. So I think I think there's a heck of a lot of positives. It's also been very well documented, both in the kind of national press, but also industry press, that we as an industry face ridiculously huge skill shortages which are not going to go away anytime soon so certainly without wishing to be flippant I'm very confident that if you're a talented individual in a core construction and property profession then you will not struggle to find employment and certainly the, the counter to that is well I will stick around and wait until there is a good time to move economy wise well who the heck knows when a good time to move with the economy is. God knows what could happen on a UK level, a global level, that can affect things. You know, certainly, I would I would argue, you know, back in 2007, I think my business, I think a lot of business, frankly, were, were sitting thinking, blooming out, this is just fantastic, this is going to keep on getting better and better, there's no, there's no, there's no kind of big... Um, cloud on the horizon and then of course 2008 hit us um, hard <laughs> so look I would argue you, you, you don't ever know and certainly if you're a talented individual 
even in hard times, so harking back to 2008, 2009, most good individuals I know found work relatively quickly, even if they did face redundancy. So, look, I, I, I would say that you should be, if you're, if you're unhappy where you are, staying because of potential wider economic factors is not a good reason. I think some people also flag the concern of, you know, last in, first out, so why they they join a, a new organisation and suddenly there is a downturn in workload, is that company going to make that individual redundant first? Well, look, if you listen to the very first episode of Pegasus Radio, which uh, deals with that exact subject, the last in, first out, and the myth there is, it genuinely is a myth, I can categorically tell you it is not the way companies decide who to make redundant. In fact, I would say it's a lot of the most long-standing individuals get made redundant personally. But listen to that episode if you want a more deeper dive into that subject. But certainly for me, look, I'm certainly incredibly busy. All of my clients are busy. I can't see any um, massive downturn in work happening. And the whole saga with the likes of Brexit could could rattle on for another couple of years yet, and certainly the impact of it. So that's to say that you're, you're not going to move. Well, that, that to me sounds crazy. As I say, listen to my very first episode of Pegasus Radio, The Last In, First Out Myth, because that deals both with, with that concern, but also the wider question of, are you looking at your own organisation and how confident you are about workload within your own organisation rather than worrying too much about what happens if you do move to a new organisation? I think personally you should look at what happens if you stay in the current organisation. Okay, point two, possible promotion. So a lot of people say, look, maybe I should stick around for a promotion. Well, firstly, do you know when it's going to happen? That's a really good question. You know, if 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 realistically, it's, you know, you think it's two, three years away. Well, that's not a good reason to stick around and wait for that for that promotion. How do you know when that promotion is going to happen? Well, I, either you've been told, and and or you just need to do some kind of due diligence yourself. If you want a bit more of a deeper dive into this one, listen to last week's episode, which is around what does your current org chart tell you about your career prospects. Worth a listen. Secondly, I think if you do get promoted, you need to understand that in a lot of cases, you need to spend some time at that level to establish yourself, particularly when you move into management ranks. So let's say you, you're getting promoted up to associate and you want to stick around to get that associate title. Well, two things. Firstly, you probably at that level need a year or two to bed into that role because it's, because it is a step up. You, you will take on more management responsibility generally. You'll have a much more wider remit and you'll have to have time to prove yourself at that level. What you're not going to do is get that promotion and then a month later go out to the market and say, well, I'm an associate now, I'm only going to look at associate roles. Because what will happen in interview scenarios is companies will sit down with you, they will understand that, okay, you've only just been promoted, they will ask you what you've done in that time, and of course you've only been there a month, for argument's sake, so you've not done a great deal, you've not proved that you can, you're an operator at that level. So hence it's not really going to improve your chances of, of securing the same title. So for me, logically, make a move, Maybe, yes, probably a sideways move, but make a move and establish yourself in the right business and then get promoted quickly. That would, for me, would make more sense. Okay, the next is study stroke qualifications. And we'll break this into two halves. The first is, obviously, if you're studying an academic qualification that your current employer is funding. So let's say an MSc, an MBA, etc. Well, firstly, again... (laughs) Worth diving into um, another one of my episodes about are professional qualifications worth it? Yes, they absolutely are, um, 100%. Um, but also that that kind of wider question about why an organisation is choosing to fund your 
additional academic qualification. I often find that it's an incredibly intelligent way of an organisation kind of um, restricting your salary for those years while you're studying that and, and, the, and the following clawback period because they know, they think they've got you trapped because you're, you're, they're paying for this qualification. So I think the, quest, the, the question you need to ask yourself there is, right, well, how much am I behind market rate in terms of salary, i.e., could I afford to make a move anyway and, I don't know, maybe take a loan out and pay off the qualification so that you're not, you don't have those kind of golden handles attached to you? You know, you'll find you may well find there's a good chance that your that the company, your prospective company, you may go to be employed by, will support you with this. They may either cover the cost entirely, or at least meet you halfway and support you with paying off that cost. It certainly shouldn't be a reason to absolutely stay in an organisation, because let's say the MSc is, you know, two years long, and the clawback after that could be one to two years long after that. That means you're you're staying anywhere between, let's say, another two to four years within the organisation, for the sake of this qualification. Two to four years, you could really be advancing a lot quicker in another organisation elsewhere and be a lot happier in an organisation elsewhere. Okay, the second is, I guess, professional memberships. Um, so obviously I deal with QSPM and building surveyors, so the obvious one for me is becoming MRICS, so studying your APC to become MRICS, a huge, huge milestone. And certainly I would absolutely encourage you to get that under your belt as quickly as possible. And if, let's say, you're only... You know, three to six months away from sitting your APC. Obviously, some, some of you will be sitting it literally as this episode is going out. Good luck, incidentally. Um, then, yeah, maybe there is an argument for that length of time to stick around uh, with your current employer so that you don't have the disruption and you can you can fulfil all of the key competencies, critical analysis, etc., before sitting your APC interview. However, if you're at least a year away or longer, I would argue you can comfortably make the move to another organisation, still continue with the APC process, potentially get more support if the organisation you're moving to has a better structure in place, you know, has a better mentor scheme, has better CPD support, etc. So I would say, look, if you're a year or so away from your professional membership, obviously I'm, I'm talking about APC, MRICS, because that's what I know well, but of course there are the equivalent in every other discipline within the construction and property sector too. I would argue if you're at least a year away, that shouldn't be a reason for you not to move. Okay, the next one I get is that it won't be any different if I make a move. I certainly get that particularly from individuals in larger organisations where they feel, well, actually, if I move to another peer group organisation, it will just be the same. Well, will it? Have you ever tested that? Have you ever gone and spoken to prospective other employers to understand if it will be different? Now, don't get me wrong. I think probably the day job, 80 to 90% of that will be the same. I agree, it won't, it won't probably change massively. There is maybe an argument about the use of technology and innovation that some companies use versus others. So let's say, you know, if you're in a very traditional QS practice versus going to uh, more of a cost management consultancy with who, who uses technology to drive their their service to clients, that will be quite a difference actually in the day-to-day running of, the, of, your, of your role. But let's say, for argument's sake, you're moving to two organisations with, with, with yeah, kind of similar... Uh, similar service offering yes your day job will probably be 8 to 9 percent the same what will be fundamentally different is the culture and the environment you're joining and that could be from a large to large business from a large to small from a small to large from a small to small you know there will be fundamental differences in the culture in the environment in how they reward people so certainly you should not let that be a blocker that oh well it will just be the same it will just be the same same crap different place I, I don't genuinely believe it will be I, I think there's a real difference in you know kind of quality culture environment of different organisations 
Okay, so I'd round this episode off by, having said all of what I've said, asking a simple question. Do you believe that your concerns, your frustrations, your thought process that you fundamentally do not belong in this organisation long term, will any of that ever change? If the reality is it won't, then surely you're just treading water until, I don't know, you get to a point where you completely become frustrated. So all of those, um, all of those issues won't change. Oh my goodness, stop. <laughs> I've just missed one of the points. Let's roll back a second. <laughs> um, so the, the, I guess the final point people uh, give me as a concern is establishing yourself in a new business and the pain that goes with that. And the fact that maybe um, you won't be, you, you, it'll take you time to get to the same level of, um, I guess, kind of understanding of, of people recognizing you in the organization. Yes, you're right. Of course it will. The reality is, if you move an organization, yes, there will be a period where you feel like the new kid on the block, where you feel you won't know the systems and the processes, where you will, you won't have as established relationships as others have in the business. You will, within the first three months, no doubt, at least once, ask yourself the question, what the hell have I done? Have I made a mistake making a move here? Am I good enough? Can I do it? Can I cut it in this organization? All I can tell you is everybody goes through that doubt and those questions at some point within the first three, maybe six months of, of moving employer. So the reality is, yes, there will be a bedding in period, but you will get there. The obvious flip to this question is, well, Yes, you will have that. What are you going to do? Never move? <laughs> because unless, you know, if you move, you're always going to have that, that, that bedding in period, that, 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 I guess that period where you're, you're, you are the new kid. But the logic to that is if you don't ever want to have that feeling, then you're never going to move. Which, you know, unless you're saying, look, I'm prepared to spend the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years in this organisation that I'm fundamentally frustrated with or have concerns about or, or concerns about my progression in the organisation, well, of course, you're either going to have to sit there forever or at some point, yes, you're going to have to feel like the new kid. Okay, back on track. So as I was saying, ask yourself, will anything fundamentally change? Will your feelings about staying in this organisation fundamentally change? So dealing with all of those concerns I've raised, yes, of course, you could move in a time when, when there's some economic turmoil, but I think if you're good, you will always find employment. Yes, you could miss out on a promotion where you are and it may take you a fraction longer to get that promotion elsewhere, but you'll be in an organisation that you want to be in with better long-term prospects. I don't think the issue about qualifications is a major I think you can make a move and establish yourself in an organisation, certainly one that's geared up to support people with gaining those professional qualifications. And yes, it will be different. Okay, there will be a period where you are the new kid on the block and it may feel uncomfortable at times, but you will get there and you will establish yourself in this new business, hopefully with better career prospects, a better environment for you, a better culture that fits you better. Okay, so if you are one of those individuals sat on the fence, I hope this has really helped and I hope this is I hope this will help with your internal thought process about, you know, should I should I make that move? If you need a sounding board with zero expectation from me in terms of you sending me a CV or, or me putting you out on interviews, none of that. If you need a sounding board, if you want to kind of discuss some of your concerns you have where you are, 
if you want to understand what else may exist in the marketplace. I do think a lot of people do think, or maybe if the rhetoric coming internally from where you are is, we're, we're not very busy, it's, it's turbulent and tough times. As I said at the start of this episode, I am flat out and very busy at the moment. There is a lot of opportunities both um, in London and throughout the UK. Everywhere is busy at the moment. It's, it's, it's a bloody good time to be in the construction and property professions. So I'd say, if you need a confidential sounding board, then please do reach out to me. Okay, I hope this episode has been useful. Um, and uh, sorry for jumping around there on that last point. Um, yeah, have a great week. I hope it's been useful. Have a good day. Take care. Bye.